Ski man, and I got uh, my partner, normal partner in crime here. He's gonna be a little more in the background today, but he's still gonna chime in some. Q, you here? I'm here. And I got uh, M. Allen here as our guest, and we're gonna talk a little bit about college football, a little bit about the uh, Major League Baseball playoff prediction uh, picture. We'll touch on recruiting, but we'll also end it with uh, a few uh, predictions of a few games this weekend. So, but to start off, as I said, Alabama bounced back last weekend. Ole Miss played well. They, it was a very eventful ending to that Ole Miss Tennessee game, and um, your Oregon Ducks. They were uh, they they had they came back and won 24-17. Overall, it was a pretty eventful weekend of college football. Um, I enjoyed it. I was glad my Bama guys bounced back. Q. M. Allen, what's your take on the last weekend? I thought it was an impressive game by Alabama. You know, I didn't get to watch a whole lot of that game, uh, watching my Ole Miss Rebels play uh, Tennessee. Um, but, you know, pretty pretty impressive, you know, 49-9. to nine. Uh, Going to Starkville, taking care of business, you know. Um, that's what Alabama does, though. They have a loss early in the year. They step up and uh, find a way to win. Um, Ole Miss game, I was impressed by the defense. Uh, played hard. You know, giving up 51 points to Arkansas the week before, not what you want, but stepping up, playing hard, making plays uh, in a raucous environment. You know, 100-plus thousand people there. You know, Lane Kiffin was being himself, you know, getting, the, getting you know, Tennessee fans uh, involved and uh, kind of pushing their buttons. And, uh, Overall, a good weekend, you know, of college football. I'm looking forward to another, another fun weekend. Some good games. Q, what about your Oregon Ducks? What was your take on them? <laughs> well, I, I feel it was just a California Bears, so I didn't. I wasn't too worried. I felt like it was a good tune-up game, given a loss that we we took previously, and just getting us back going in direction, just trying to make this make this playoff and just be one of the best teams in the Pac-12. Right. Yeah, I think the playoff picture is going to be shaping up. It's going to be interesting to see how that goes moving forward. But going back to that Ole Miss-Tennessee uh, game, what do you got? What about that ending? What about that mess? That uh, One of the things that it raises a question to me, will you see college football put essentially like catch fences around the stadium so fans can't go into the stand, into the field, they can't throw stuff into the field. This this becomes a player and coach safety. This is not – this is an issue. It's hap- It's been happening more and more and more. Um, in fact, the Texas A&M game, um, there was a, a female fan that ran onto the field and literally the state trooper that was accompanying Nick Saban like leveled a girl. Now – the media tried to make a stink at it, but it didn't catch wind because, look, she didn't need to be there to start with. He was doing his job. I mean, he leveled her. So, what do you guys take on that? What do you think is going to – do you think there's going to be some movement in that area? I mean, I think the biggest problem 
with it is uh, the games are too long. You know, we're, we're going into three and a half, four hour games uh, late. You know, I mean, it was a 6.30 kick central, but it was 7.30 Eastern. You got, you got a lot of alcohol involved. You got young people involved. Um, I think that's the big problem is, is have some of these kickoffs be earlier. Uh, short, find a way to shorten the game. You know, if you got to shorten half, I mean, halftime, I mean, that's, you know, you got to have the guys get, get rested. But find ways to shorten the game, maybe like the NFL. You got so many advertisements. Like, if it's a CBS game, you're looking at a five hour game. I mean, it, pretty close to it. I mean, it's, it's almost frustrating. And the game is a fun game to watch, but the ads, if you watch a CBS 230 kick, the ads are like watching Super Bowl commercials. They're so long. And I get it. They got to pay for the – I mean, they got to pay for it. They got to make money. They're in it to make profit. They got They actually are paying out some of the revenue to the schools and the conferences. Yeah. But back on the whole thing, it's still a safety issue here. And getting back on that, I think it's got to be concerning. Q, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I I don't think it'll it'll cause uh, too much change because that's why they have these precautions in place. This is obviously not a a first time thing. especially in sports in general. Mm-hmm. There's like plenty of like bigger stages where people have always even like you know Super Bowls. There's a bet line for somebody's gonna streak across the field. And you just think, why would somebody want to partake in something like this? It's kind of wild if they are, you know, liberated or not. I just think, you know, it'll just get to the point to where maybe on the college level, they'll just have to put more, like, I guess, consequences in place for students that may abuse, I guess, I guess the fact that it's like, oh, this is my school or not. I don't even know if the girl went to the college or not, so she could be messing it up for other people that are just that enjoy themselves and to think like, all like nets around. It's like this is not a, a baseball game. It's a, it's a football game. So I, I just and also I given what we've been talking about previously is that like a lot of people don't know how to act outside because COVID has just kept people in and people like I'm free, I'm outside, I'm doing whatever I want to do. So this is no telling, but I don't think it'd be no big deal. Besides that, I mean, you know, no one's going to let anything happen to Nick Saban. Right. I mean, it'd be, an, it'd be a bad result. Um, getting into recruiting, the Florida Gators just had a decommitment from a guy that's from the state of Alabama. His name is uh, Shamar James. He visited Georgia. Now he's going to be visiting Alabama this weekend. You're seeing a lot of shakeups. Georgia just flipped a guy. They now moved, ascended to the number one class just slightly ahead of Alabama. However, they have more commitments than Alabama. Alabama still due to land some additional commitments. But Shamar James, the in-state guy, I think Alabama will probably make a push for him, probably pick up on him. Um, um, it'll be kind of interesting. Auburn picked up a few guys. At, um, M. Allen, uh, what's the state latest on Ole Miss recruiting right now? Well, I think uh, this weekend with LSU coming to town, you know, they're uh, you know honoring Eli Manning, uh, retiring his jersey. Um, you got Arch Manning coming in. That's the, the big recruit. Uh, he's, in the, he's a 2023 class. 2023 class. Uh, they got some other commitments coming in. Um, Kamari Rogers, a cornerback, um, committed to Miami. That situation is a mess down there. We know that. Um, so they're hoping to flip him. So it's kind of a mixture of uh, 22 kids and 23 kids. But the, you know, all eyes will be on Arch Manning. 
Um, you know, Lane Kiffin, Jeff Levy, had a pretty good visit with him uh, unofficially over the summer. You know, so hoping official visit. Got the family down there. Um, see if Ole Miss can get Arch. I think this is a – me and you talked about this. You know, kind of everybody's got their own opinion of is it Georgia, Texas, Alabama, Texas, who's in the lead. I think it's, a, you know, up for grabs. You know, I think there's probably five, six teams um, that are in the mix to get Arch. And, you know, it would be a big-time recruit, a uh, big-time get for Lane Kiffin if he can pull it off. Oh, yeah. And, uh, M. Allen, Q and I have talked about this here on the podcast. We've talked about Arch Manning at Lane. He visited Georgia, and there was a lot of buzz about that. And really, when the dust settled, we realized that was a bunch of, um, you know, a bunch of garbage that all they, what they want to fabricate there, you know. Georgia has this mentality that I've talked about this before that if they look at a five star, in their mind, they believe they're going to, they're like a St. Bernard that believes it's a lap dog. You know, it's, it's a bunch of nonsense. I mean, so let's get on another topic here. Coach O. Coach O came into an, uh, uh, termination agreement with LSU and then in the wake of that prior to that we didn't know this but they upset the Florida Gators at home it's not like they don't have the talent to do it obviously they did they've underachieved every time I've predicted them to win they've lost every time I've predicted them to lose they won so they're kind of a Jekyll and Hyde what, what, what are your take on the, the whole Coach O thing you know, I think it was, uh, you know, it was going to happen sooner or later. You know, I, I was thinking maybe, you know, after the Ole Miss game, getting to a bye week. Um, I don't think LSU really had a um, for sure replacement, you know, interim coach to take over for him. Uh, Steve Insminger didn't want it from what I've heard. Um, so I think Coach Oak lost uh, focus. Um, he he kind of let some – Outside, outside stuff, you know, he had the whole uh, sissy blue shirt, you know, going to the UCLA game. Um, got other personal matters, you know. I just think it was going to happen. Uh, I was a little bit surprised he got the $17 million buyout, though. I thought they would try to come to an agreement and get that lowered. Yeah, I think it's because he agreed to kind of be a part of LSU moving forward is what kind of was the saving right. grace. To me – What's interesting is the power struggle that's gonna you're gonna see. You're gonna you basically got two guys, you know, sword fighting with their meat in the uh, in the in the uh, um, with the president and the athletic director. Right. Who's gonna be the right. next coach? So, I mean, yeah, um, yeah. I think there's I don't know. There's a power struggle. Um, you know, I think um, from what I've heard, you know, I think William Tate um, wants to uh, hire somebody outside the box a little bit, you know, uh, for, for LSU. But Scott Woolbert, you know, he brought in Jimbo at Texas A&M. He's a strong athletic director. I think he's going to really hire who he wants. Um, it'll be interesting to see who LSU gets. I mean, Woodward always goes for a big fish. Yeah. You know, home run hire. Well, like I said, it, well, you got two guys with some egos there. So what I was hinting at when I the whole analogy of sword fighting with your meat, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
You gotcha. usually laugh at that. Come on, man. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> it's a silent laugh. Silent laugh. <laughs> but uh, I think um, he brings up an interesting point that I think it, we're kind of not considering enough, along with the fact that LSU has lost the teams. It's like, how do you lose these teams? But the fact that it's like, man, you look at other winning programs, these coaches are all in on the football, not always the trash talking and – and all Doing these sideshows. All, yeah, all these antics to rile people up when it's like, at some point. It's about football. The football is what should be the pinnacle, the focal point of what's rallying everybody together. And no one likes when somebody talks trash and takes L's. It doesn't work. That's it right. It doesn't. It, it, it looks terrible. It's like you have no room to be kind of saying these crazy things. And I do think to that point. This, that Pac-12 loss to UCLA is the stain that set the precedent because it's like, I know a lot of times with me being a Pac-12 guy, like there's kind of like just a lot of, you get a lot of disrespect from SEC schools in general because it's like, oh, the, the, all the talent is here, bigger, stronger, faster. We've been doing this at a high level for so long. So you already kind of have that, but then to kind of like take that and like say out loud, to disrespect the school and then the school basically comes and just punches you right in the mouth oh and I know it, it really was I mean it was a bad look for LSU uh, it does kind of an affirming thing for the Pac-12 but here's the thing when UCLA turned around and lost to Fresno it was a bad look for them oh you're right I mean it's just it, they're kind of in the same boat they they went they have a big win at home against LSU and then they you know they screw the pooch after that you know, so that it's it's what it is. True, but then you got to also accompany us with thinking like, just two years ago that coach won the the championship. The one of the best teams of all time. Because <laughs> they so, so I'm even. It's like that's why this is a little. You should you have champion pedigree. So it's like you you have to conduct yourselves as such and continue to progress towards that goal. Like you can't digress. From championship pedigree, it doesn't look good. This is basically like how can you go from eating filet mignon back to hamburger helper? Oh yeah, it, it, it's what have you done for me lately? So right. speaking of these guys, both of y'all's teams, your coach Mario Cristobal, Lane Kiffin, they're in Power Five programs. I think they have good jobs where they're at, where they have a good following. Um, you can make an argument for the Oregon job having a little more financial backing with Nike and Phil Knight, but you got a lot of neat traditions with Ole Miss. Both of those coaches are always brought up. Mario Cristobal and Lane Kiffin are brought up for a, that next big job. And in my mind, especially Cristobal, it's got to be the right fit. And even Kiffin, I don't – for him to make a jump to a – A Miami. To me, that's iffy. To me, jumping to an LSU is kind of really – it just doesn't have the right feel. Maybe when Saban retires, he'd take the Alabama job. That would be a good fit for him. I don't know if Alabama would take him. You know what I'm saying? And here's the other thing. Like last year, a lot of Auburn fans were talking about Cristobal going to Auburn. I don't think that's a better job. I mean, I think it's a tough job at Auburn. It's a good job at Auburn. I mean, this is all, you know, academic in the past, but what type of job would it take for these two guys to make a jump? I mean, I think it'd have to be a right, just 
the perfect fit for him. I think with uh, with Kiffin, you know, the, the rumors and stuff like that, you know, it's because of his past. You know, Tennessee for a year, um, wasn't with the Raiders very long, got fired, USC. Um, so just, you know, his past, he's going to be brought up for, for, na- for, for jobs. Um, you know, I think there's probably some interest there on the LSU job. Um, I don't think they're going to hire. I don't think LSU's going to hire Lane Kiffin. Um, I think they're going to go in a different direction. Um, for him, I think the West Coast, he's got, you know, his kids live in California. So is the USC job something that he looks at and says, hey, unfinished business, I want to go back there. Uh, Florida, uh, he loves the beach. He loved Boca Raton. You know, he stayed there um, during the pandemic and, and really is a big deal to him. But I don't know. I think he's going to stay at Ole Miss another two or three years. Um, hope he does. I think he's elevating the program. Um, maybe the NFL. I don't know. Uh, Lane Kiffin's a guy that just you really can't get a handle on of what he wants to do. He's an know. interesting character for right. sure. What about you? What do you think about Cristobal? What kind of job you think he's there to stay, or would it be a certain job he might entertain the possibility? I, I think for the most part, man, we uh, Oregon has had so many coaches since Chip Kelly has left. It's almost seen like, seems like coaches have kind of used this as like a a resume builder to land like a more like set in like uh, a more established program that's won a championship. In yes, the and so that that's that's kind of how I feel. Even based on like kind of like some of the players that we do have there currently, like. Even some of these coaches that I've seen that come from other conferences, I would think that like we would have like a, a different, a different different types of teams, at least coming to be like, well, this is a guy that I want to play with. He's going here. You see, it doesn't really translate that way with Oregon. Our teams kind of still look kind of similar, and I don't know. Even I've been waiting for a coach to really come and establish some type of defense. Well, I think they have. They probably play the best defense in the Pac-12, mm-hmm. and I think. They play a more physical brand as a, opposed to the past. A, a little bit, but it's like even when I'm, I'm even if you thought about some of the games that we've had, where it's like teams are coming in with small running backs just running all over us, and it's just like usually you would think in the Pac-12 we'd be getting dominated by some like five-star, four-star receiver, but it's just people that don't even have like a power five back, just literally like. Just running up the middle on us. So and it sounds like they might be scheming a little bit. So is that a coaching thing? To that. But back to the Kiffin thing, I I actually do think if he was to leave Ole Miss, the perfect situation is the USC job. Because I mentioned before, when he got the job, because of the sanctions that they had. They were handcuffed. It was, it was right. too difficult for him to do what he's done at other places that we've seen. And I and I think, man, I'm a storyline guy. It wouldn't there wouldn't be no greater to me in my lifetime comeback for a school than to say the guy that was here under the ridiculous uh, I shouldn't say ridiculous, but under the tough sanctions, who couldn't really do anything, couldn't turn around, comes back and then gets USC back in the college playoff, playing at a high level like back in them Pete Carroll days with Reggie Bush and Matt Liner. That would be one for the books. 
I don't know. I, yeah, I, I can see that happening, but they did find one on the tarmac. You know, that's got to leave some. It kind of leaves a bad taste in his mouth. Right. You know, I even heard rumors. I heard this on a show today that um, he considered trying to get back at the back at Tennessee, get try to get back the Tennessee job after Pruitt was fired. That's for another topic. We're running out of time here. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the Major League Baseball playoff picture, and then we'll talk about we'll make some predictions for the upcoming games. Uh, Atlanta Braves hold a three to one series lead over the Los Angeles Dodgers. Very eventful, really. If you look at how that has played out, they should last night should have been game four. They should have swept. They were they were. Um, um, so yeah, the Atlanta Braves they should have won the night before last, and last night would have been a series sweep. They would have gone to the World Series, but they had a a little blunder there with Luke Jackson blowing a, blowing a lead. Um, but so far things look good. They got a two o two nothing lead tonight in, uh, in the game. But also your Dodgers are down. Uh, excuse me, your Bosox Sox are down three to two right now to the. Uh, Astros. To the Astros. That's going to be a little interesting there. They got some catching up to do. Uh, it'll be interesting to play out. I still got my prediction the Atlanta Braves versus the Bo Sox in the World Series. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping we can, we can pull it through. I, I mean, I can't. I can only hope. I can only really hope. Even like the last game losing like 9 1. It's just rough. It's rough. But, uh, uh, I'm I'm pulling for this especially because I I want to be in I want to be at that game. Oh yeah, you and I have talked about going, going to the game game. Um, very interesting here. Um, right, uh, a little a uh, thing that's upcoming is a Tua Tungavaola is a looks like it's going to be a trade to Washington as part of a Deshaun Watson move from Texas to Dolphins. That's a rumor right now. Um. That'll be really interesting. Two, they were trying to build. We've talked about two off and on. I think the Dolphins have made some bad administrative moves there. Um, that was just a little thing I just picked up. I wanted to kind of revisit some of the things we talked about. But without, uh, we're running out of time. Like I said, let's talk. Let's start making some predictions to this weekend's game. We got to run through them pretty quick. Um, we'll start with your uh, where college game days at. We'll start with the Pac-12 Q. Oregon on the road against UCLA Bruins. I'm, I'm taking. I'm taking. Uh, you said that's this week. This weekend. Man, I gotta do a better job. But um, I'm, I'm taking us. I'm taking us. I, I think. I think we got it. I, I think we we understand that this this is the most important game we need to win right now. If we have hopes of making it into the playoffs, because even with how football is shaping up now, a two-loss record, you might as well just kiss your chances goodbye. Yep. Um, you're gonna, you'd have to mail it out. I like the Ducks. What do you think? I think it's going to be Oregon and a close one. should be fun. Uh, might be low-key. I don't know. It might be the best game of the day. You know, just looking through the, the games here, you know, they can be really fun. You know, I think Oregon and a close one. Okay, Alabama, Tennessee. I like the Tide going away. They're, Tennessee's without their quarterback. They are playing a lot better. They're well coached. I like the Tide to bounce back. Look to play another complete game. Yeah, def, uh, the Tide is a no-brainer. Yeah, Alabama. Okay. Um, 
looking around here. Um, uh, LSU and Ole Miss, they're in Oxford. They got a lot of things going on there with Honor and Eli Manning. There could be some distractions. I don't know how much of the players are playing for Coach O or not. I think they make it interesting, but I like the Rebels, especially if Matt Corral plays. Yeah, I like I like Ole Miss by by seven. You know, forty five, thirty eight. I think Matt Corral is going to play. I think Kiffin's little sportsmanship, gamemanship with O. Um, it's going to be you know sellout at Ole Miss. It's going to be raucous. Crowd's going to be into it. So I think Ole Miss win by seven, maybe ten. It's going to be a fun environment. What about you, Q? I'm going to take Ole Miss on this one, and I do think for the simple fact, I just think Coke. with Coach O not being there, I think that will just take a little bit of steam. Well, he's there. He's going to finish the year out. Well, I mean with him knowing, like, this the situation. It's impending, yeah. Uh, USC, Notre Dame. Uh, USC's got a lame duck coach. Well, he's actually officially out going on the road to Notre Dame. I like the Irish taking care of business at home. Yeah, I think Notre Dame taking care of business. Um I'm, I'm gonna take another upset in this one. I think I, I took the last upset with Cincinnati against Notre Dame. You're taking the Trojans. Uh, I, I have to, just to make it interesting. Gotcha, gotcha. Couple of going to the Big Ten. Penn State hosting Illinois at home. I like the Nittany Lions and Michigan Northwestern. I like the Wolverines. Both taking care of business there. I like both those picks. Uh, Purdue hosting Wisconsin. Um, Purdue just coming off that big win over Iowa. Um, but I got to tell you something. I think Wisconsin's backs to the wall. Purdue's going to be, you know, riding kind of high. I like the Badgers pick up an upset on the road. Yeah, I'll take Wisconsin as well to, to pull it off on the road. What about you, Q? Wisconsin. Cool deal. Um, Pittsburgh, number 23, Pittsburgh hosting Clemson. Uh, honestly, Pitt is the only AC school, school that has a hope. Uh, being in a college football playoff, I think it's going to be very interesting. Part of me wants to go Clemson, part of me wants to go Pitt, but I'm going to say Pitt is going to knock off the, the the Clemson Tigers. Down go the Orange Paul. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think Pitt Pitt as well. I think Clemson. If you look at their offense, they're terrible. Playing a lot of young guys, so I think Pitt's going to get the win at home. Good deal. Um. Texas A&M hosting South Carolina. Gamecocks, I like Texas A&M. I think the win over Alabama is going to really ignite that team moving forward. They're going to be a tough out moving forward. Texas A&M. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, well, it's been a fun evening. It's been a short one tonight, but we wanted to at least uh, include a guest here, uh, M. Allen and Q and myself, the ski man. We talked about a few things. It was fun, a little short-lived, but until uh, next time, we enjoyed it, everybody. Y'all have a safe and wonderful evening and a great weekend. Roll Tide, go Ducks, and uh, Hotty Toddy.